Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. I am Chad Simpson. I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Uh, now, Gian, I just want to start with a question. Uh, but when, when did you first hear about the words transformational coaching? Chad, that's, that's a great question. Um, my story, was, I, I first heard that when I came to Liberty as a student in freshman year, and I got to sit down with Christy Bites, who is still the head of Academic Affairs for Athletics. And she talked about whole person development and that just rocked my world because up to till that point all i could see was a transactional relationship with my coach what can i do for for me and what can you what what can you do for me and what can i do for you kind Mm -hmm. of deal Um, i had a coach back in brazil who was transformational in my life but i never had that kind of verbiage to use you know but every every other experience was hey you give me aces and I'll give you money and vice versa. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's powerful. And, and I'm thankful that today we had the opportunity to sit down with a transformational coach. Um, Justin Brown is the director of baseball development and leadership at the Bo Jackson Elite Sports up in Bo Ohio. Knows. He, uh, he spent... Uh, a COVID-shortened year as the head baseball coach at Tacoa Falls, uh, three years as the head coach at North Central uh, up in Minnesota. Uh, he spent some time as a scout, uh, an assistant baseball coach, and also three years serving on staff with Athletes in Action. Um, I really enjoyed the, the depth that Justin brings, his leadership perspective, and uh, I think our, our guests are really going to benefit from hearing uh, this interview. So let's get into it right now. All right, Justin Brown, thank you so much for being our guest on the Christian Coach Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, honored to be here. I'm pumped. No, for sure. And, and we, we want to start off the, this episode just with a, this power question. And we, we started this podcast not because we are the Christian coach, but we want to learn from, from great Christian coaches like yourself. Uh, but what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Man, what a great question. It, it really is a power question, I think, as you guys have titled it. Um, when, I, when I think of the term Christian coach, I, I think the, the biggest thing that jumps out to me um, is someone who's going to leverage uh, the sport they're coaching um, and utilize that for a kingdom impact. Um, I don't think that cheapens the pursuit of a normal coach or uh, anything we do in terms of uh, pursuing excellence. And um, But I think of someone who's going above and beyond uh, the, the pursuits of a normal, you know, standard coach and, and uh, you know, using it to leverage for kingdom in, impact with the athletes that they coach. Um, I think of someone who cares at a deeper level beyond physical uh, to the, the mental, emotional, and then ultimately the spiritual and uh, wanting to, to make sure that all those boxes are checked. So that's what kind of comes to mind for me. Thank you for that. And, and just from your journey, um, you've done a few different things through your career so far. Can you just connect the dots on uh, you graduate undergrad as a baseball pitcher and where did you go from there and how did you get to the, the current role you're in now? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I played uh, baseball at Mount Vernon Nazarene University, a, a, a competitive small Christian college school uh, in Ohio, and, and uh, immediately uh, wanted to get into coaching, uh, primarily because of the impact of a coach that I had. Uh, 
he's still there now. Uh, Keith Veal, he's been a mentor of mine, um, certainly since I graduated. But as a player, uh, just seeing how he was living his life and, and how he was fully embodying uh, you know, the, the role of a Christian coach, um, it, it inspired me and motivated me to, to want to do the same thing. And uh, so I stayed uh, as an assistant under him for uh, three and a half years, um, immediately following college um, as a player. And then my wife and I, uh, you know, kind of were ready for a transition. And, and uh, we moved up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I took over uh, as a head coach for the first time in 2016 at North Central University in downtown Minneapolis. And then uh, we were there for three years and uh, moved down to Georgia to Toccoa Falls College. Uh, and I was there for a year, a COVID-shortened year, um, and in that process of kind of moving around, my wife and I added uh, two boys to our family and, and really started to feel a tug to get back to Central Ohio, where we're both from and where our families are. And, uh, you know, God kind of opened a door uh, out of the blue. Um, and so we moved up here in, in May uh, to take a role as a director of coaching development or, excuse me, baseball development uh, at Bo Jackson Elite Sports. Um, we're a training facility. Um, nine million dollar facility uh, with with teams and and uh, a lot of good athletes training there and, and uh, a lot of great coaches as well so we've been up here since may and i had a a mentor of mine that just kind of shared uh his his belief on a three-year journey on you know like as a coach year one you're just lost don't know what you're doing uh year two you've learned a little bit made some adjustments but still struggling but year three you kind of start to hit your stride just after your time at North Central, what did you learn and what were you excited to go down and try to implement into a new program at Tacoa? Man, what a great question. And I would 100% agree. And I think the transition from assistant to head coach is, is very difficult to prepare for. Um, you know, even being under a great, you know, Hall of Fame coach as an assistant. I felt like I had all my ducks in a row, but then that first year as a head coach, you just get thrown for a loop of all the different things that are now on your radar that as an assistant, you just had no frame of reference for. And, and uh, so I think that the three-year process, um, I think the biggest piece is every year that went by, I felt like um, I was getting my legs underneath myself and, and my identity as a coach. I was getting more and more comfortable in my own skin, um, less and less feeling like I had to prove something. Um, and I think all those things just freed me up to, to focus on the right things. And, and, uh, there were some growing pains in that process, but I think I would agree that three year journey is, is huge. You, you get a cycle of recruits, you know, through and you, you graduate some players and it has a way of, uh, just kind of helping you dig deep into your values and, and do it for what you, you know, started the journey for and, and, uh, you kind of get some of that other stuff out of the way. So I felt that big time heading to Tacoa. Um, you know, when we moved, we did not plan to be there one year and gone. And, and uh, it, you know, God just kind of opened a door and, and developed an opportunity that uh, we felt like was for us. But at the time of heading down there, we were excited to, to build the program and continue things going in a, a great direction. And, and uh, kind of took a turn in a different direction, though. So <laughs> during during that three year journey at North Central, as you're doing some of that inner digging were there any resources that you came across that helped you go through that inner journey um, to find your identity as a coach? Oh yeah, for sure. So a couple books um, stuck out to me at that time. I'm a, I'm a big reader. I, I love to read. 
And uh, the first one I think is a must for any coach. It should be, it should be required reading um, like a license. You know, you take a test and you get your license to drive. I feel like the book um, lead for God's sake by Todd Gongwer is just a must read uh, that drills through the heart of coaching and, and especially kingdom coaching. Um, you know, so I think that that's essential. And the second one, uh, a book coupled with a, a mentor or a guy that I've learned a lot from in a, a Monday morning coaches Bible study. Um, it, it meets via zoom. His name's Keith Madison. He was the head coach at university of Kentucky for okay. decades and, and uh, big with score international and just uh, has, has been a huge resource, but he mentioned, uh, you know, the role of prayer as a coach and, and how, if you were consistently praying uh, for your athletes by name, how that shifts the way you view them, how, how you handle conversations, how you navigate the process of, of coaching. This is a coach in the SEC. We're talking here in the ABCA Hall of Famer. Um, and he, he kind of brought that to light in, when I was in Minneapolis. And uh, so there's another book um, that, that I think kind of came in my life at the same time called uh, Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. Mm-hmm. It just talks about prayer and uh, drawing circles around uh, things. And, and uh, so I think that coupled with Keith Madison, uh, you know, harboring on how, how important prayer is for coaches over athletes and, and beginning to circle guys by name. Um, you, you view them differently in practice. It's just, you know, when I first heard it, I kind of was a little cynical. Like, ah, I don't know. And then you experience it and it's a game changer and uh, driving home that heart of a kingdom coach. And, and uh, so that was huge. I, I loved um, Lead for God's Sake by Todd Gonwer. Uh, I agree that that should be mandatory reading. Um, then just thinking through, uh, for me today at practice, um, I had a player, you know, not, uh, not, not giving his all, just frustrated by something. And uh, my, my uh, inner, inner coach was just rising, temperature rising. Why isn't he doing this? How am I going to get him to, to do this? Uh, but did you have any... Um, triggers as a coach that that would help you I know you're talking about praying for your players but what did you do as a coach on a daily basis to stay connected to the Lord uh, so that you can go out and and impact your players yeah I I think uh, you know I mentioned that Monday morning Bible study is it's just been massive Um, it's it's led by a guy out of Atlanta area uh, pastor Mike Lynch at North Star Church there and and, uh, I got invited to I mean early days as a head coach and and it was just uh, an amazing resource that fell in my lap that, that helped me kind of stay connected it meets every monday morning and uh it's it's college coaches and uh, major league scouts and i mean we, we've had as many as like nine or ten and then as high as 60 on a given week and um just consistently showing up at, at that has been massive um i'm one of the younger guys so i don't say a lot i just absorb and uh, it really has set the tone for my weeks for for years now since probably early 2017. Um, so I think that's been a massive, uh, role, um, beyond just, you know, your daily disciplines in your own spiritual life. I think that, especially because it was coaches and, uh, they're, they're talking and, and relating to experiences I'm experiencing. And, and I think one of the big things in, in that group is that there's some big names in the coaching profession that, that were there. And then they're, they're speaking on their faith and it validated for me, you know, the role of a Christian coach, um, you can do it at the highest level. You could be a Super Bowl championship coach and, and still have a kingdom mindset and a, you know, disciple making uh, goal. And I think that that was 
monumental as a 26 year old head coach to have that affirmed that, uh, you know, you can do this at the highest level. You can be as elite of a coach as, as you want, um, and not trade your faith for it, not trade your values as a, you know, kingdom minded coach. Um, and I, I think those, those have been huge. Um, and then reading, I just love to read and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly throwing in, uh, you know, other coaches I admire, Tony Dungy's biography or, you know, different, different coaches and, and uh, other books in that realm. So those have been huge. One, one book that really impacted me when I was 24, 25 was Inside Out Coaching by Joe Ehrman. And he, he speaks a lot about transformational coaching and, and other interviews. I've heard you mention that word transformational coaching. Um, but what when did you realize that you wanted to be a transformational coach? I think uh, it goes back to when I was playing um, and I can't stress the, the role of uh, coach Veal, Keith Veal at MVNU and just how that was so modeled for me, um, you know, and, and how his desire just overflowed uh, to transform the athletes and, and to leverage the game for, for uh, a long-term growth and, I think transformational coaching is, is the gold standard. Um, you know, I think in the Beatitudes, Jesus is preaching and he discusses, you know, when he's referring to the law and he would say, uh, you have heard that it was said, you know, don't murder it. But I'm telling you, you know, don't, you know, even have a fault against your brother or, or you know, different things. He always validated the, the standard and then never lowered it. He never dropped it a notch. He didn't say, you've heard that it said don't murder. I'm saying just, a couple murders, keep it under wraps. You know, he, he always elevated. And I think transactional coaching is just the, the standard. You, you play to win. It, it, I get it. Um, I want to win. I, I want to be highly competitive. I want to win championships. And we all want to do that. That's kind of embedded as coaching. But a transformational, and like you mentioned, 3D coaching says, okay, let's hit that standard, but then let's take it up some notches and really drive to the, the heart and soul of the athletes we coach. And, and uh, I think – when you get in touch with that and you see it, you know, in live coaching uh, from other coaches, it, it's really hard to not want to pursue it. In, in my opinion, it's hard to look at a true transformational coach and say, eh, I don't know if that's for me. Um, it, it's so captivating to be around transformational coaches. So. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, that's huge. If, if that's the kind of coach that I would want to play for and, and give my all on the field for, um, but say I, I'm in that transactional boat right now as a coach, but I'm like, all right, I realize I need to be transformational. What would, what would you encourage to that coach to, to take the process and the inner journey to get there? So I think anytime that I have fallen in, which has been a lot, uh, fallen into transactional mindset, uh, when I reflect back on those segments, it often had to do with my identity somehow was under threat um, as a coach. When I felt a bend towards I need to be transactional, we need to chase the wins, we need to chase the championships. If I peeled it all the way back and got to the core, I needed those things to validate my identity as a coach. Uh, and that's a whole another realm of, of, you know, you know, validating or seeking validation in wins, losses, records, um, championships, rankings, all of that. When you're in that and you, you let it get out of control, I'm speaking from, you know, for me, from experience, that's when the transactional stuff started to creep in the most. 
Um, that's when it was, I got to leverage this thing, uh, to, to, you know, cure my ego, um, to, to validate my identity. And I think that, uh, it's almost like a check engine light in a car. Um, when I, when you, when we feel transactional begin to rise, I think it's like a check engine light where we've got to find some quiet time, even in the craziness of a season, find some time for reflection, unplug, you know, from everything and begin to really assess where we're at in, in our identity and our value system and, and, and ultimately get back to, you know, you're more than a coach. You're, you're, you know, you're a child of God and, and uh, you're using your gifts to, to, you know, on a platform. And, and uh, there's a lot more to defining success as a coach than wins, losses, rankings, all those things. And, and I think for me, whenever I was in that mold that I got transactional fast, real fast, um, you know, really needing someone to perform, not for their good, but for mine uh, to, to make me look impressive as a coach and, and build my resume. And it's a dangerous spot to be in, you know, and, and uh, it gets real counterfeit real fast. I agree. And um, to think any, any coach can conform to those pressures as they come. And, and like you said, I think it's important to get some reflection, get some perspective get another voice um, to, to come and enter so that when we're leading young people how dangerous it can be to lead them astray but coming back to this the, the bible and what jesus taught really tough question but how do you think jesus would would define success as a coach mm. what a great question um i think he would define it as doing the absolute best to honor him where you're at with what you've got, whether that's a startup program or a SEC powerhouse or, you know, the top of the country in rankings or the very bottom. I think our heart as we lead and, and build and, and, you know, lead programs, I, I think how we go about honoring them. And I, I think secondly, I think we're the biggest test to success and kind of our litmus test is how we treat, uh, individuals that are going to do absolutely nothing to advance our coaching careers, the, the athletes on our teams that they they fill out a roster that, you know, they, they've got some abilities, um, but they're not going to build your resume. And I think how you treat those athletes uh, with the same care, uh, seeing the value in who they are, speaking life into them instead of just, you know, focusing on the, the all American athletes. I, I think those athletes on our roster is really the test of, of are we successful at this or not? Uh, can we treat all of them with the same passion, even though that some may help us advance our careers and some won't? Um, and I, I think uh, that's a big test, in my opinion, of if we're successful. That's so good. And I would love to watch uh, Jesus uh, work, work with a team uh, just for a day to see how he would interact with the star player and with the, the bottom player. Um, but as you're talking about interacting with your players um, in, your, in your current role or in your previous roles, did you have any strategy to try to get to know them on a deeper basis other than just baseball? Yeah, I think it's uh, leveraging the, all the downtime. You know, as a collegiate coach, you have so much time in the dugout. You're, you, you have so much time to, uh, that you, you can focus on baseball things or you can just allow – life things to to be in there um conversations um about 
how things are going at home, asking about family, asking, just building a relationship. And I feel like uh, if we don't do that, it, it actually undermines our, our kingdom goals too. Um, I, I think when we can build relationships and you build trust and you, um, you know, kind of come without an agenda to the athletes, then when things really start to, to hit the fan in their life, they're going to be knocking on your office door pretty fast um, for, for counsel, for um, perspective, for wisdom. And, and uh, so I think it's kind of, you know, making that investment and playing the long game a little bit, knowing that life happens in college, you know, kids, uh, they break up with girlfriends and boyfriends. And, and uh, you know, I think it's can you develop relationships intentionally and kind of be waiting in the weeds for when their life needs you to come in and, and speak the truth and, and uh, you know, be there. And, and so I think it's that long-term thing of agenda-free conversations that really pay dividends later, um, in my opinion. So, Hedden, Hedden we're, we're still young in our careers, and uh, what would you want uh, at the end of your career? What do you want your legacy to be uh, as a coach, as a leader, as a mentor? Man, that's a great question. Um, I, I think I would want it to be that uh, there was no question that I was highly, highly competitive and, and uh, in pursuing excellence, um, but that never came at a cost for valuing who they are as people. And, and uh, you know, I've only coached men, so who they are as men. And uh, I, I think the greatest honor that I could have at, for a legacy is that players would remember that, I cared about them. I cared about every aspect of the life um, from physical to mental to ultimately spiritual and did it in a way that uh, was hopefully winsome to them. And, and um, I think that would be what I'm shooting for over the next decades, um, plural, hopefully. And before we get off this call, I did want to ask, you know, you have a, a beautiful website, uh, the state of course leadership can you just tell me about how you got that started and um, what, what you're excited about with that moving forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's a project I kind of started last year and uh, I, I write a, a weekly newsletter um, on leadership. But I, I think uh, what my main goal with this project is to uh, help myself and others develop a new way of relating to successful people. Um, I, I kind of, often will break down someone's journey, a, a Hall of Fame coach or something. And, and if you do research, you see that their journey towards the top uh, of their profession was just riddled with setbacks, frustrations, delays, failures. Um, and, and so my goal with this project is to usher in a new way of relating to successful stories. Um, because I think as we break these things down, we see ourselves more in, in the setbacks and the delays and the frustrations than we do the mountaintop in result in goal. And uh, so that's kind of my goal is to, to open, you know, a, a new angle in how to view um, the final product of some Hall of Fame coaches and, and business leaders and, and uh, you know, teachers and things like that. And, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, we need more of that it, with social media and with, uh, we see everyone's highlights and uh, we can have hindsight bias with a lot of Hall of Famers, but I think uh, we can see ourselves a lot more in the journey um, on the way there. So 
So needed. And uh, just to say for, for our listeners, they need to check out that website. You've written some really great articles and uh, shedding light on some needed areas. Um, but as we end this call, I just want to ask, is there anything that we can be praying for you or your family on? Yeah, you know, I, I think that we would continue to settle in uh, in our new role here at, back in Columbus. And, and as our family grows, uh, we continue to dig in. And, and um, you know, I, I think uh, what excited us about this opportunity, you know, this is the first, um, I guess you could say, secular um, place I've coached at. I've coached at Christian colleges for, you know, eight, nine years now, and, and this uh, is, is not attached to that. And uh, so I'm praying for and, and would welcome any prayer to, to uh, you know, continue to lead boldly in this space and, and be available. Um, and when invited into the conversations uh, to, to go deep and uh, to, to speak the truth. So definitely. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll pray for that. Let's, uh, let's pray right now. Um, Dear God, we just thank you um, just for being a loving God and um, just bringing us together to have this conversation. And we pray that uh, coaches uh, across the country would just be spurred on to, to coach for, for you, for your name, for your glory. And God, just for, for Justin, we pray that he, he could be the light there through his, his work ethic, um, through how he speaks and how he acts, how he reacts. And that he got have opportunities to just encourage and um, and just serve right where he's at. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was really good, Chad. Um, Justin did a great job of sharing his heart with us, and I'm so thankful that he took the time to do that. Um, one thing that stood out to me was the intentionality of him trying to get to know his players on a personal basis first before he started sharing the gospel or try to change their lives. For sure. And uh, I love that he's taking the time to, to search out his heart and uh, he's vulnerable to share that he doesn't always get it right. And um, I just appreciate that humility. Really excited for Justin. You can really tell that he's a, a super sharp guy and a huge potential um, in, in leadership. Um, if you want to follow him, check him out on staythecourseleaders.com. And on Twitter, it's Coach Brown, B-J-E-S. Um, and he also, uh, he has a book coming out in January of 2021, uh, uh, just hitting into the, the leadership realm. And uh, really excited for him. Uh, and his future uh, and this is the end of our podcast today and uh, coach just remember the mission field is right where you're at